Hear ye, hear ye, word nerds. Be forewarned. This podcast contains saucy language of the modern and early modern variety. So plan your listening accordingly. Or don't. That's a choice you can make. Don't say we didn't warn you. You know what? And it's what is comedic gold. And if you've never seen it before, add it to your wish list or watch list. Soap Dish with Kevin Klein, Sally Field, Whoopi Goldberg. What is his name? Uh, he played Tony Stark. Uh, Robert, Robert Downey Jr. RDJ. Carrie Fisher's in it. Uh, Brilliant cast. What is this called? Yeah. Soap, Soap, Dish? Soap Dish. And you want to talk it. about comedy. I, a lot of my like comedic shit comes from movies like that. Everyone has unique comedy, right? You know, a lot of bottom came from <laughs> Sally Fields. Bo- so Sally, <laughs> Sally Field crept into my bottom. <laughs> <laughs> that's and that's what you opened the show with. <laughs> and she loved it every time. Shakespeare show. We are your hosts, Jess Hamlet and Aubrey Whitlock, and together we are Hamlet. And this week it's a Midsummer Night's Dream 301. Woo! Thank you Yay. so much for listening. We hope you enjoy the show and come back for more. Today we are joined by super freaking special guests. We've got Greg Feltz in the house and also Topher Embry up in this hizzy. Woo! Hey! Hey! Hi, guys. Hey, good to be here. We're so excited that you're here. Tell us about yourselves, friends. Introduce yourselves. Who the fuck are you for people that don't know you like we do? Yeah, which is most people. I'll let Greg go first because, like, I it's funny because I actually have never talked nor have seen Greg, so this is the first time. <gasps> what an amazing oh meet. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, always been a huge think fan. To be like, do you guys know each other? I'm so sorry about really. that. I legit okay. forgot that Topher, you didn't even start touring until after Greg was gone. I'm so sorry. It's okay. No, I got to wear Greg's head though for bottom, so that was cool. That's right. That's so weird. <laughs> yeah. Also, sorry about that. No, your my head is way bigger than yours, Greg. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. By the end of that season, I was I have big head. Uh, um, <laughs> but it's yeah, it's weird. It's nice to meet you. I'll just really uh, drop the social ball there, you guys. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Whoopsie daisy. Uh, it's all good. So yeah, um, I guess I'll go first. Hello, everyone. My name is Gregory John Phelps. I am a Brooklyn-based actor-musician. Um, I'm actually recording this from the town, town of Stanton. Um, I've been part of the Mary McDermott Fellowship down here, uh, affiliated with Mary Baldwin University. I directed a show for the second year grad students. Myself and my wife, Sarah Himes, have been down here teaching classes for the past semester or so. But in T minus five days or so, we're heading back up to the city. Awesome. My name's Topher Embry. I worked at the American Shakespeare Center for about like three and a half years. I do part-time education here and there. My next venture is off to Colorado to work at the Arvada Center doing The Liar and uh, Animal Farm with Constance Swain, oddly enough. We're both going to be working together for six months. And then let's see what else. Oh, I actually am from Virginia. I live about two hours away from the Playhouse. So that's I was born and raised. First, funny, funny thing, since we're on the topic of Midsummer, first show I ever saw there was Midsummer back in like 2006, seven. I was a freshman in high school, so, or a sophomore, I don't know. Don't do the math. Was that before your time? (laughs) Uh, No, that would have been when I was there. I should say that uh, I worked for the American Shakespeare Center uh, from 2003 to 2015. I was a part of eight Wren seasons, um, and I think I just counted a part of seven summer-fall seasons. And before any of that stuff started, I did three back-to-back-to-back tours. So I was probably, I was definitely not in that production that you saw, Topher, but I definitely saw it as well. Yeah, Henry Baysmore was in it, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That was a tour show. That was a touring show. Tyler Moss and Anna Marie Yeah, I remember guys. messaging the woman who had the red hair as Titania, saying how much I loved her performance, and she never messaged me back on MySpace. Oh. I was very hurt by it. I hope <laughs> she's to this now. Well, Lily, if you're listening, uh, hit Topher up on MySpace. He's on MySpace. <laughs> 
please. It's been years. <laughs> <laughs> Waiting with bated breath. Amazing. Oh, that's so great. That's so great. I should also say, just as a disclaimer, this podcast is not in any way affiliated with ASC. We just sort I of know. all happened to come together through because the of it of the but, ASC. Yeah. But you know, feel free to talk about work you have done and will do elsewhere, and you know, things not related to ASC too, because that's totally fine. Yeah. Until yeah. they start paying us. Yeah. No kidding. Mm. And they yeah. Don't and they won't. Don't so. hold your breath. <laughs> I will not. I will not. Um, so this is a 301 level episode. That means there are no rules. We do whatever the fuck we want. There's basically no structure other than following your bliss. Yeah, so. it's a lawless place. We're like we're like the wild west out here. In a 301. Uh, yeah, it's very yeah. high level. <laughs> Um, we we do, however, operate on the assumption that y'all have a basic familiarity with the play, so we're not going to tell you what Midsummer's about. Um, if you somehow like got here without knowing what Midsummer is about, I have questions. Uh, and also, you can go back and visit um, our 101 and 201 episodes on Midsummer in our back catalog. They're both great. They're so awesome. I might even say that they are the tits. In one of them, we talk <laughs> about nuts and a yeah. squirrel. At length. I think that's the 101 episode. Might anyway. Um, in general, we we want to use 301 level episodes to explore a single aspect of a play sometimes. This week in particular, we're going to chat with Greg and Topher about playing bottom and probably other roles they've done because no one gets to do midsummer just one time mm-hmm. uh and and in general their shakes feelings so that's where we're at um i'm just going to kick it off by by asking since topher you mentioned it already what was each of your first experience with this play and how many times have you worked on it since uh, <laughs> that's the question i really want to know is yeah. how many times have you guys done the show my I've done the show four times now. Yeah, I've done Twelfth Night a lot too. I'm trying to not do that, but uh, so I've done it four times. I've played Oberon. I've played Bottom. I've played Francis Flute, and then I've played a, just a random fairy. Um, I bet your Francis Flute was just like the fucking cutest. And he was the thinnest ever. I was in high school, and I want that body back. I demand it immediately. <laughs> Yeah, so my first, it's funny because, like I said, my first kind of exposure to the show was American Shakespeare Center's production of it and why it meant a lot to me and kind of inspired me to become an actor is because of Henry uh, being a Black guy because I grew up not really seeing a lot of that representation. So it was really dope of me to see that. Also, the physicality they did in that show, it's so funny because, like, watching it as an adult, because I did go back and review like the videos and granted it might've been a rough night, but I was like, oh, I thought this was amazing. Um, <laughs> but, okay, remember, it's not affiliated with ASC, so. Say <laughs> what you want. But it really, I mean, I look back on it now and again, I'm knowing having that experience working at ASC, like, you know, I know the first few shows are always a little rough, but when I saw it in my eyes, I was like, this is amazing. And it, it really was the, the physicality is what really got me. But yeah, that was my first exposure to in professional theater at that too, was, uh, was, was, was Midsummer. So there you have it. What about you, Greg? I, the very first production I was ever in was in the, uh, there's a small little company in a mountain town in Virginia called American Shakespeare Center. Um, <laughs> never heard of it. Uh, never heard of it. So uh, it was the 2009 uh, Renaissance season and I had never been in a production of Midsummer. Somehow I had dodged it or escaped it or it was running away from me. Um, and I play, played Lysander and it was fun. I mean, like I'd seen several productions um, including a few of them, the, the, the one that you mentioned, Topher, the, the one uh, with uh, Tyler Moss and Henry Baysmore. And that whole cast, Lily and Anne-Marie, and everybody else that I'm trying to think of off the top of my head. But I also saw one previous at that same space at the Blackfriars Playhouse. The, the, the resident troupe did that back in 2004, I want to say. Um, Renee and uh, Sarah did, Fallon. And, did yeah. Renee play Titania or Oberon? Oh, yes, one? he did. <laughs> <laughs> he was amazing as Titania. I mean, he's... Oh. he's He's a large dude. He's about He's six so five. He's so tall, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, broad-shouldered. Uh, also, and Renee, beautiful. handsome, if you're listening. Um, <laughs> yeah, I love Renee. But, like, Stunned just man. the queen entered. Like, the queen of the fairies came in on stage 
and the costumer, I can't remember who it was at that time, if it was Aaron, if it was Jenny, whoever it was, they like, they did him right. Um, and they did her right. Uh, and like, it was just, it was everything. Yeah, he was awesome. Mm -hmm. But the very first production I was in was in 2009. I played Lysander and everybody just, we, that, was, that was one of the first times that we only had like two days to put up a whole show. But we actually ended up having spare time because it was such a familiar show. Right. And the way that it's structured, you might've gotten into this before with the 101 and 201, it's split up. Like the cast is very equally kind of split up. So you can rehearse, you know, the mechanicals can rehearse by themselves. The lovers can rehearse by themselves. The fairies can rehearse by themselves. And you just kind of get together and put it all together. Um, and being such a familiar show, we were like, well, let's just, let's just have fun with it. And then believe it or not, I have only done one other production of Midsummer Night's Dream. And it's How? the one where I played bottom. I don't know if I if I said something bad about its friends or <laughs> see that's what I keep doing about Twelfth Night and I keep getting cast in it. I'm like, oh I never want to do this again. I hate this show. And then I just, you know, speaking back of which Topher, I'm putting together a production of Twelfth Night. Do you wanna play Orsino? <laughs> <laughs> I just got done playing yeah. so cool. Orsino, I'll just keep popping all the male characters. Yeah. Sure. I wanna play Mariah real bad. Oh, she's fun. She's fun. Yeah. I would watch the hell out of that. Yeah. So I, I mean, now I just kind of want to talk about like all of our first experiences with Midsummer. I just want to say, okay. Topher, that you and I have something in common. I also played Oberon. So uh, oh. <laughs> as a, yeah, as a 13 year old. Oh, so okay. just imagine how masculine I was. <laughs> <laughs> Gender is Iconic. a social construct. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. It was not my stage debut, but <laughs> it was it was close. It was very close to my stage debut. I think that this is a magical play. And I know that it's like the white bread of Shakespeare. Like it's inoffensive and kind of everybody loves it, right? And like if you're gonna know kind of any play of Shakespeare, it's gonna be this one, maybe in like Romeo and Juliet and Hamlet, but like right. you're you're gonna know the one the fairies and the sex games and, and the, the donkey guy and the donkey guy right because like this this how is do you the, forget a donkey guy like a dude with a donkey head like how do you forget I mean, that you just you don't right i so i mean i think i think it's a really special fun joyous play and i i kind of think it's it's a little cool to to shit on it a little bit and be like oh you know it's that's Shakespeare for dummies. That's Shakespeare for kids. Of course, it's your favorite play. It's everybody's favorite play. Have a more interesting favorite play. Ugh. Like, give me someone whose favorite play is Cymbeline. I want to talk to that person, right? No one's favorite play is Cymbeline. Yes, that play is. I think, not I think great. Mia Gosling would have something to say about that. I mean, oh, she's okay. <laughs> it's like a fairy tale. I mean, Cymbeline's, yeah, it's fine. But like, Midsummer. Midsummer is anyway. The point true, I'm trying true. to make is what do you all love about this play? And is there anything that you don't love about this play? Yeah, I mean, you, you said it. it's like it's it's fun, it's silly. There are moments of, you know, um, like the, the depth doesn't get too deep. Like I think this the highest stakes are like the proprietorship of the lovers like maybe perhaps doing things they shouldn't be doing in the woods and the, 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 the changeling boy. Um, those are kind of the two highest stake moments other than maybe, you know, the fact that uh, uh, Hermia is supposed to be married to somebody else and you know, prevented from marrying the one that she loves. That whole thing, but it's, it's, very, um, it's very sitcom. It's very rom-com, you know? Um, like it's those level stakes. It's like a Hallmark movie. Honestly, with all these Christmas like Hallmark movie things going on, it would fit so perfectly within that uh, that that genre. So I don't know. Other than maybe that, other than like to 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 feel cool to be like, no, I like, I don't know, Richard the Second's my favorite, or like just picking you know, Arf. you know, um, yeah, the the Q one of Hamlet is like my is is, is my jam. Um, <laughs> know, just to be like, just just to give yourself a chance to push the glasses up in your nose. Yeah. But I, I don't know what there is to hate about the show. It's just such a, it's such a fun show. Um, and it's one of those shows that I, is it okay if I swear? Oh my God. It's one of oh, those right. shows. Have that you, you listened to the fucking I have, podcast but ever? I, just, I wanted to double check. I always wanted to double check. <laughs> it's a show that for a long time I've said is impossible to fuck it up. Because you well. just... <laughs> <laughs> I will say. 
<laughs> the production Although, I was in, Greg. Okay. <laughs> oh dear. I might, I might be, I might be uh, corrected very shortly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's 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 one of those things where, like, if you just if you just put it on stage in front of people, make sure that you like you're standing, you know, in one place and saying your lines correctly, and the story will unfold and people will have fun watching it. I don't know. I don't know that I can hate upon it. I can. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hit us, hit us, baby. Take it away, Topher. Um, well, okay, so one, we've been talking about like our favorite like Shakespeare shows. Yeah, I actually did like Cymbeline, but we called it Imogen this year. I mm. like playing Clotten as shitty as a character he is, but my favorite yeah. Shakespeare show will always and forever be, and people are going to be like, what? Pericles. I love that show. I've done it it's three times. I love King Simonides. I love Pericles. I'm going to get it tattooed on my leg one day. Anyways, uh, but when it comes to Midsummer, what I really love about it is is the fantasticalness of it. I love the heart in it as well, which is something that I think is hard to find in comedies because I think that people play it up so much. And to have these honest moments, there's actually a video that I would love to drop on this uh, podcast it's Christine Baranski and Our Lord and Savior Deborah Deborah something, um, and if, and two other men. They do Shakespeare in the Park. There's the lovers' quarrel scene, and Hermia, who's played by Deborah something, uh, she was the mom and 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 uh, one of the moms in American Pie. Anyways, she has this really beautiful and delicious beat when. Lysander says he hates her and she has this realization where it all just drops from like oh ha 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 to what you do me greater harm to hate and she goes hate me wherefore like her beats are just so clear and beautiful but I that's what I find really challenging about a play like Midsummer is that it's been overdone just like Hamlet just like Mac Mm, you know just like uh, not in a theater the curse doesn't count you can say it if you want <laughs> yes but my my world all the world's a stage Aubrey oh my god um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> but but uh yeah I just I, I one thing that I don't like about this show and it's 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 become this for me the older I get is the trickery of it all and the one thing that I don't like towards the end is that Demetrius ends up loving Helena. And if I'm not mistaken, the juice was never taken off of his sight, right? Yeah, yeah. he was never de-juiced. <laughs> yeah, he was never de-juiced. And not only that, but he's just so mean to her. And like, I just feel bad for the girl. And then also, you know, the trickery with Titania falling in love with an ass, although I love it. I'm like, oh, well, Oberon. You get out of here with that mess. But actually, that doesn't bother me as much as 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 Demetrius still being in love with Helena at the end, because, like I said, that's not true love. And I always right. find it is I've always wanted to see a, a play where they make it interesting to maybe if they don't, even though it's hard because it's in the text. But but I'm also like, you know, I'm a cool guy. I like to have fun. But, you know, <laughs> consent's also pretty cool. Right. <laughs> so. yep. Yeah. True. Better to have yeah. fun with consent. Exactly. I would say. Yeah. <laughs> yes. um, and the production I did as Bottom was not my favorite. I love the people involved in it. I love the director. I just didn't. It, you, you, we said earlier, oh, how can you fuck up that play? Well, we fucked it up. So <laughs> <laughs> I can yeah. say that. Yeah, we did. We did. We totally did. Also, and since it's not affiliated with ASC, I'll just say it. We fucked it up. I, I didn't. Mean, would you care I tried to my elaborate? Best. Like what? <laughs> You think fucked it up? Let's see, where do I start? The concept was really cool, but it wasn't executed well. It was supposed to be like this New Orleans like thing. Greg, I begged to wear your ears at the very beginning. They were so gung-ho about this weird Donnie Darko looking heavy plaster donkey bone head. And it was really, it hurt. It hurt my head. So there was a lot of frustration with me and the costume designer who I'm friends with now, she's fabulous, Nicole Wee, and, and a lot of frustration with the director, Nathan Winkelstein, who's also a very good friend of mine, fabulous person, great director, but it was just so heavy. And not only that, I couldn't see in it. And um, 
that was one thing I didn't like. The idea of it being this New Orleans, like the fairies were like these weird, what would you call them? I know you you two saw it. They were like these, oh, you uh, didn't? Yeah, they were like bush monsters. They were like these weird bush, <laughs> like swamp people. And yeah, but poor, like my, amorphous, <laughs> like no heads or anything. They were just like marshy yeah yeah, like moving kind of she's like Groot but like swamp Groot (laughs) yes and again (laughs) the idea of it is cool the execution was not because the actors could not see (laughs) I also had an issue with a few of my castmates during that process it was in and out also Tor you would know this but like Tor is always like it it gets in your head a lot and like you have to be around these people it's chaos pure chaos at the very end of the day I just felt like I wasn't able to be the best bottom I felt like I could have been the potential just <laughs> I mean we're talking about the play Jessica it just um... lends itself to jokes come on you can't say I was the best bottom and not expect me to make a I'm gonna grab your bottom gesture oh come I thought on, you were talking about like bottoming because I'm gay um oh no but <laughs> we already made this I mean joke. maybe that too but I just well, you can edit that out if the kids are listening. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I begged to wear Greg's bottom ears. That was like my thing. And uh, I wore it for the the previews. Eventually the head broke and they made me another one. Hope made me another one. It still looked like a Disney hat. It looked like a Disney hat, like a kangaroo. But Hope tried her best because Hope's the best. I do love Hope. And that was the best she could come up with at the, the, the little time she had. So then at the very end of the second leg of tour I convinced the former artistic director to um let me wear Greg's ears and we did and that's how we finished it and then COVID hit I want to play bottom again I really do I don't know how Greg feels but I don't know what about you Greg how about you how was your show because I actually didn't see it I heard wonderful things though it was very Uh, cute well since you didn't see it it was the best show ever It really kind of was, though. Um, but <laughs> it was really but all, all jokes aside, like, I think it was the first time, and, like, we actually took, like, a group photo at the beginning of rehearsals. It was the first time that the entire cast was made up of veterans of the ASC. Oh. Um, some of them were from, they were coming off the road, like, uh, Stephanie and Patrick Earl, or coming off, like, multiple tours, and others who had not necessarily worked all together, but have seen each other on stage um, in multiple productions. Um, so it was kind of a, a lovely little uh, mishmash of, of of people, but we had all worked on that stage before multiple times, mm-hmm. um, and oftentimes either kicking ass on ro- on the road and then coming back and playing at the Blackfriars. So you have the program right there in front of you, Jess. Of course, I, see. I do. Cool. Yeah, um, it just happens to be in my uh, filing cabinet. Um, yeah. But like, it was one of those situations where, like, I was thinking about this earlier, and I was going to say, you know, uh, casting is almost like ninety percent of putting a show together. And the cast was just in the right roles. But at the same time, like if you if you look around at that cast list, there's at least three or four people who have been in Midsummer before. Probably all of us have been in a production some at some point in our lives. It's Midsummer, like we were talking about before. And like I know at least two of them had played Nick Bottom before. A couple of us had played the lovers before. And we just kind of it's like you you took the cast and shook them up and like Yahtzee. Like threw him on 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 a, on a on a board and said, yeah, "Okay, get yeah, this still works." So like the cast was was kind of in the perfect place where it needed to be. Um, so that made it really easy, and it made it easy for me, um, knowing that, especially, especially in Pyramus and Thisbe, especially in that last like play within the play, um, the people on stage who are watching me, they're not. And I had to make sure that they told me this. They weren't like, okay, come on, like, just get it over with. It's a matinee, whatever. Like, every performance, I could just look around and they were like, what are you going to do next, buddy? <laughs> like, they're just, they're cheering me on. They're like, make us laugh because we know you can. And I was like, okay, well, challenge accepted. But I felt that the, the, the confidence of the trust of my cast. Um, I also, admittedly, like this, there's a very different feel to doing a show when you're on the road as opposed to when you have the time to, really hone the, the the craft right there in the space in the Blackfriars Playhouse. Um, and there's always that shift when you come off the road, you gotta like shift things around. You gotta relearn how the show is really in a way. Um, so you only get a couple of months um, or I guess in your case, not even that. So for like on, on the stage. Oh, yeah. Well, we did something new my year. We did like a Midsummer 90 minute production where it That's went right. straight through. 
And we started it in rep with the shows that summer. So we were already performing from the jump. Okay, Uh, great. Yeah, which was, you know, a a cool thing, I guess. But you know what's funny, Greg, is that a lot of times I would do the death scene and I would have uh, patrons or the ushers, the lovely ushers come up and be like, ah, Topher, that was wonderful. But Greg Phelps, like he just like... (laughs) Oh no. Yeah. Midsummer, like we're doing Midsummer, that production in particular, no one would allow me to be great. Although, love that comment for Greg. So I wanted to hand you that one right there. Um, I appreciate it. There's one time where I had to correct someone it was they were like oh yeah if you want to go on stage and see Topher be Topher for two hours you can go do that and I was like hold on for a second like I worked really hard doing this role that's not it's I'm not going on stage being me and how dare you think I am that person I was also told before I accepted this is where I think I got screwed over right I was told before I accepted this role to essentially gay it up before I yes I was told that there are two ways to do this role. It's either like this funny man or like the sassy diva. And that when I was offered it, the person who offered it to me said, I want you to play it like a sassy diva. And if I ever directed the show again, you'd be the first pick. So of course I was feeling overly, you know, complimented like, oh, hell yeah. Like you can't live, you can't do this shit without me. (laughs) But yeah, it really got in my head at that point. And I was like, well, all right, I'll just do what I'm paid for. And um, yeah, I I think that's the reason why I really want to go back and and play bottom again. And not that, you know, it matters that he's gay, straight, whatever. That really doesn't matter. I mean, he does love Titania, but he's also under a spell. It's just one of the, oh, no, he's not. No, he's not. I mean, he has donkey ears on. He's not, I mean, he's the one under the spell. Yeah, but he's also living in a warped reality. So it's like, I wonder how much of that, what about you? What do you think, Greg? Well, I had never really thought about that before, but just off the top of my head, um, it's it's not even like a romantic thing for him. He's just like being fawned upon yes. by this mystical like queen, you know? Um, and maybe that's part of it because she, like Titania, is like bonkers banana pancakes in love with him. Mm-hmm. She got, you know, whammy with the flower juice. But, but Bottom is probably just like, you know, I mean, like you were saying, is a bit of an altered reality for him because suddenly he has the head of a donkey. Um, and wants to eat hay. <laughs> but yeah, never. that's just initial thoughts right now, live off the top of the dome. Or if you played my bottom, he wants to eat hay. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> okay. They said it, oh, not me. Yeah. Right. I am both right. delighted and what a horrified by that. Uh-huh. I mean... Yeah, no, I, but I love playing bottom, though. I do. Like, I again, enjoyed, I I enjoyed your performance. I did. Um, it makes me sad that you were put into a box that way. I thought mm-hmm. that was a you choice, like no. that you wanted to make. Um, Not at all. And I was like, "Oh, that's fun. That's a fun mm-hmm. way to do bottom." Because I've seen so many others, like you know, going back to the first experience with Midsummer. Like I've, I've actually, I'm the of the four of us, the only one who's never actually been in the play. Okay, I've never been Wait, in it. I have I, directed it, but also your dog dog was in it oh that's so, true i've stage I mean, like managed it my dog was moonshine's dog in pyramus and bisbee oh, like i've directed a student production dog. of it and i saw it for the first time when i was three but i've never been in it proper myself um but i've seen it a ton because it's done all the time and i i've seen so many other takes on bottom than just like the doofy guy and the the queen mm-hmm. um so i think that's just that's disappointing there were two, no, three queens in that play. There was Queen Bottom, Queen <laughs> Hippolyta, and Queen Titania. Yeah. So <laughs> instead of two, <laughs> Greg, what what set uh, what time period was your set in? You know, I'm sure I probably would have been able to answer that a couple of years ago. I was just looking at some of the photos. I would say I would venture to guess it was like a. And man, the customers are going to hate me for not knowing this, but it was like a quasi. It was like 30s. 20s oh yeah. like i remember the, some drop waists i remember some yeah. drop waists on the girls yeah. like mm-hmm. look was, yeah it was very like the very flappery were weird yeah, mm-hmm. yeah they yeah. were they were the very oh. were a weird choice they were very like art nouveau that was more a turn of the century which was kind of yeah. odd the, the but, were like little rascals 
Oh yeah, the fair. Yeah, except for do you not? Know, I was thinking of Titania and and Bobby. Right. They were. They yes. were like yes. I'm imagining. See? I'm picturing like Sarah Fallon's outfit. She looked a lot like Melissa. Yeah, I'm. That was. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. But then, mm-hmm. like peas, mustard seed, peas blossom, like Keegan in his stupid little alfalfa thing. Yep. Yes, that was weird. It was a yep. weird choice. I would love to see the fairies as the Teletubbies. <laughs> Wouldn't that be cool? No, no one sees no, that. That would be just like recoiled in fear. Polite. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure what that was. Oh, <laughs> no. no, thank you. There's four of them, right? Peas yeah. blossom, yeah. Web, mustard seed, moth. Uh-huh. There's four of the Teletubbies. There's I mean, Bala, something and something. Mm-hmm. The by one. that measure, we could do well. There's four beetles. There's, there's four ninja four... turtles. Uh-huh. Oh, I would watch that one. Wow. So you would. There's okay. Greg has all the great ideas. There's four... the Teletubbies are freaky, Topher. They're freaky. Yeah, but like, if you did like a whole sort of like acid trip theme for the whole play. <laughs> then the Teletubbies would definitely, like, arriving, yeah. that would make sense. Yes! If, if nothing else made that sense, would work. those would... Like, the Grateful Dead bears. Everything in the forest is the Grateful Dead. <laughs> oh, bears and the fucking Teletubbies. Oh, man. I love it. I would uh-huh. watch that. Uh-huh. You convinced me. I'm on board. <laughs> Teletubby Done. Midsummer. Somebody I'm needs to make this happen. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. Speaking of, like, weird... You can throw a bunch of weird shit at this play, and it yeah. most of the time works. Like... What's some of the weirdest shit you've had a director throw at this play for you? Mm. I don't know. I can't say weird. It's it's so funny because when I when I think of a disaster play, I think of the midsummer I was in, the last one, but then I think about the director and how free it I mean, again, Nathan was a fabulous director for me. So I felt like I had full reign in that production. And I really did. There were, of course, some disaster moments. I think once the kids caught on that I was gay, you'd have a different response. Mm-hmm. And so for me, that would trigger some of like a, like high school Topher, like feeling like, oh yeah, get these kids, you know, gay it up even more. <laughs> <laughs> you know, kiss, kiss, kiss Alexis on the lips who played my Francis flute. I was like, kiss him longer today. <laughs> you like this agenda. Yeah, <laughs> shove, shove the rainbow in their face uh, this plays about this now uh but when it comes to disasters of this play i i'd run into a few snafus when i would do the death scene i think and it's funny i got a review on one and he was like you know topher was really good but comedy if you teeter that line of desperation it makes it very awkward and I was, it was, it was towards oh, the shit. end. And I'll tell you why. No, no, no. It was actually a very good uh, review because all of them were great. And even that one, he was really quite fond of my performance. He's right though, because I remember that morning in Swanee. And if you're listening, you son of a bitch, I still remember you. Um, <laughs> it was a morning where it was a morning performance, I think. Or it might have been an evening one. I remember I was very tired. I was just very tired. I was very depressed that season. Um, I was also fighting that. But I'm fine now. I'm better now. But uh, the audience, when they don't give you that reaction that you want, because, you know, you do expect something. That's how I figure out what I'm going to do at the end is what they laugh at before that. So they weren't laughing at shit. Oh, God. <laughs> so at the end i guess i was getting a bit desperate because i was like i'm gonna make you motherfuckers laugh but that that to me is a disaster when 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 you don't have a responsive audience oh, yeah. which most of the time in that production hate to say it would happen uh, i understand i totally know what you mean like i was saying like it, it takes it takes the entire cast to be on your side especially if you're out there and like okay, it's just, it's the you show now. Like it's Pyramus and Fisbee. You got five times where you say the word die, go, be funny, you know? And if you're feeling like one person in the cast, be like, oh God, I oh, can't wait till this is done. Or just like, I hate this person. Or can we just like go and like, whatever, whatever the negative energy is, you can, you know that in the back of your mm-hmm. head, you're feeling that on top of, 
I, that, I can only imagine what would have been like a nightmarish situation of an audience not laughing at all at Pyramus and Thisbe. Like, I don't know what either Greg would have done or Bottom would have done or the cast probably would have been like, maybe we should just go. Um, <laughs> maybe he should just die with no fanfare just, and everybody Yeah, I goes. think at that point I would have been like, I don't know, die, 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 done. But, but even, yeah. even the Whitney Houston die that I would do did not get a laugh. Because it said, and I, I will. Yeah, that's like classic. Nothing. Nothing. It was that- really good. <laughs> I was really mad, Greg. <laughs> that's that's funny. That's that's gold. That's gold. I feel like if the if the if the midsummer that we did was set anywhere after the 1920s, I would have totally like loved to steal that. Oh shit! Uh, I didn't even. I just threw that out the window with my. Yeah. <laughs> if you're listening, twenties. <laughs> if you're listening, you're playing bottom. Whitney Houston will work. Yeah. Except I, it's Swanee. I, <laughs> except it's Swanee. I have used, and I shit you not, as an actor, I have used Whitney Houston in almost every production I've had to sing in. I did it this past summer. I did Whitney Houston in uh, Midsummer. I did it in Godspell when I was in Godspell, and I did it in another play. I can't remember what it was, but and I will always love you. I will always end up putting that in a show somewhere. <laughs> Because it's a classic, people will respond to it, exactly. which is why I did it. Huh? Yeah. I'm st- I'm stunned, and I don't use that word lightly. Stunned that like they didn't actually at least something a uh, laugh of recognition at least at that. Because that's I don't know that hurts my heart to hear that like you didn't get anything from that. Great. What were what, what were one of your go tos that would always get a laugh in your production? Because like that was mine. I heard you would stick your oven in a head at one point. No. Your head in an oven. I mean, well, you know, <laughs> if you find a way to stick your oven in a head, um, then you come and see me. No, uh, that was that was uh, James Beard. Oh. And uh, I feel like I was, I, I, I thought about doing that. I think I tried it once in rehearsal and I was like, it doesn't, it doesn't work. I'm, I'm not as good at that as he is. I had something that we used, the very first uh, contract that I worked for the American Shakespeare Center. Uh, we did a production of Henry Four One, And instead of like metal swords or anything like that, we had these long... Um, almost katana-shaped wooden uh, swords called bokens. And they literally just like handed me one. And I said, are you kidding me? Absolutely, I'm going to be using this as bottom. And I killed my, that's what I killed myself with. I sort of stabbed myself multiple times. I, you know, you, you do the, you do the, um, you know, heart, you know, you stab yourself on the right side and you go, oh, I, that left tap. Like, you know, it's classic joke. Like I had to steal, had to use that. But in the, in the five, in the die scene, I would sometimes sing Ave Maria while rowing yeah. with it. Um, <laughs> that was so good. Because, I mean, like you were saying, like you just, you're just guessing out there. Yeah. You're literally going, being like, you, that, that worked? Okay, great. Maybe, what will I try next time? And do I try this next time? Did that work? No, it didn't. Great. Cut that. What do I try instead of that? You're just, I was constantly like trying to recycle different bits. Mm-hmm. Um, but I knew that that would work. I knew that uh, laughing at myself and taking, taking audi- uh, the, the, the audience reaction and letting that inform like how many times and how silly he's going to be. I do remember the, the very final performance. I knew that I had to like bring the thunder because it was also um it was the like my final season at the american shakespeare center up to that point and as of right now as well and i was like well this is this is it this is my chance i gotta i gotta i gotta bring bring my a game i don't know how long that death scene was i think somebody so long yes it was 20 minutes it it was ridiculous but i and if and if the audience had stopped laughing your boy would have stopped but they just (laughs) kept feeding me. So I'm like, okay, you want some more? Here we go. What else can I do? Um, I pulled out like some Hamlet lines. I was doing like famous last lines from plays. Um, it was ridiculous. Everybody on stage broke. I mean, yeah. Renee started uh-huh. laughing. And, and honestly, that was admittedly personally my goal to yeah. be like, what, what can I do? How do I surprise not only the audience, but you know, myself and also my castmates to keep it interesting? I think I slit my own throat uh, and like did that. pretended yeah. to like blood spurt. Yeah, that's I, yeah. good. Uh-huh. Good. I think I got um, that from James Beard. Is that the one who did he do that? Probably. Yeah. I, I think, think he a, did. That might be where I got it too. 
I think that's where I got it. So Jamesy, if you're listening, thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> but what was what was so crazy about uh, this experience for me was leading up to that season, they kind of just either accidentally or on purpose, like cast me in roles that just had free reign. I think it was the 2013 Ren season, uh, 2014 Ren season where I played Truffle Dino in Servitive Two Masters. Shut the fuck up. I played that. Uh... What an amazing that role, right? Like, I think we're like, it's funny because we don't look the same at all. We look like totally different people. I just got a callback for Colorado Shakes. Oh, congrats. Amazing. Or in All's Well That Ends Well, Parolis. Oh, Parolis. Uh-huh. Yes. And I just, I was looking at just different ones online and your gorgeous face popped up. <laughs> and I, I watched it, but it was just you, like, you know, you didn't say really many lines, but I said, Good son of a bitch. I said, everything we do, we do together. We need to do a show together. I'm sick of it. Clearly. I think that's what this, that's what we're learning right now. Yes. And I want to meet Sarah too. Anyways. Yeah. Yes. I played <laughs> Truffle Dino in high school. That's so funny. Right. So like, so you know that like built into this amazing story in the version that we did, especially because it was the Ren season and we were just like, and behind me backstage is full of people that like I know are also like on my side and cheering me on and trust me to at least give them the cue. Like I get my cue and then I get my like whatever time I want to do my thing in between. And as long as I give them their cue to enter at a timely fashion where I haven't left the audience like in the dust or like haven't lost them, then we can continue like moving the play along. And so that was a huge challenge. Um, it was probably maybe the most um, challenging role that I played in my entire time there, just physically and emotionally and trying to figure, like, read the audience in real time and figure out what I'm going to do. On every night, I had no idea. But it really gave me the freedom to kind of play around with things. And then uh, the following season, we did a production of Mac show. All the world's a stage. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm just respecting everybody here. Um, and uh, uh, and I played the porter. Me and Patrick Midgley would switch off playing the porter, but they would they built in to the porter like just tell knock knock jokes, like seriously, just straight up tell jokes. That's right. And like That's he and I would be comparing notes backstage, or like what's what joke are you gonna go with today, and just vibing off of the audience. So there was already that like I don't know tr- training involved before I played bottom and before we even got to Pyramus and Thisbe. So there mm-hmm. was that I don't want to say comfort because it's still like. Like I'd be sweating, you know? Cause I, again, I'm just listening to the audience and seeing what they like and vibing off of them, like in real time. Uh, but by the time we get to Pyramus and Fisbee, it's just, it's so fun because you know, you can, you can stop the entire play, check in with an audience member. Like I had so much fun. There was one high school matinee where like way up in the balcony, like to like off stage, like uh, stage, stage right, second floor, second tier, some girl was losing her mind. And like, to the point where like, it was distracting. And like, <laughs> I'm not gonna compete with her. I'm gonna stop the play and look at her and check in. <laughs> like, are, I, and then I did like, are you okay? Kind of thing. And of course <laughs> the whole house was crazy. Um, but that's the kind of atmosphere that not only that building provides, but like that, 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 that scene provides. And luckily I had the, the experience on, on the stage doing that kind of stuff. And the, the director, it was Ralph Allen Cohen, sorry, Dr. Ralph Allen Cohen, who directed that show. And instead of the, either you're a diva or you're like a goofball, he was like, I want this bottom to just be excited. Like not dumb, not foolish, not stupid, just like a little puppy. Like every time he gets an idea, it's just off the top of his head and he wants to share it with other people so that they can do it. And I thought that's, that's not anything like I've ever seen before because it's usually one or the two he's usually like the diva like oh I could do that you know give me the role I'll roar as loud as you want I'll be Thisbe I'll be whatever you want um or he's just kind of you know the silly goofball comic relief but I thought that was such a fascinating angle so by the time beautiful way to play that heart that I was talking about earlier too of that genuine I don't know there's something really innocent and sweet about that and makes bottom impossible to like because when you play him as a diva you either love him or you hate him right Mm -hmm. i had a lot of hate as much as i did love so you know of course i i don't remember all the ways that i killed myself just because i kept changing things around i think that was the initial question about five minutes ago (laughs) (laughs) oh and by the way i didn't see james pierce it was kevin pearson oh kevin pearson Mm -hmm. yeah that's who was my bottom you were thinking james beard yeah james beard that's what i meant to say yeah 
Yeah. And Chris Johnson was in that too. I didn't uh -huh. realize that was his first tour. Well, there you have it. I remember Topher watching you in the final scene. There was always like, you always had like an asp on hand because that uh -huh. that year we were also doing Anthony and Cleopatra. So like there was uh -huh. always a rubber snake nearby. That's amazing. And I would always I, find ways to bring the gallants in. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say I would, I would use, cause uh, since I'm just so faggy, um, <laughs> I would use, so many gay because I, I really did take advantage of the fact that they wanted me to play him gay i said cool well if that's the case which i probably will do again because i did love this idea of it i brought in my culture i brought in that 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 history so i brought in iconic things like tina bring me the axe and i would say charmian bring me the ass yep. you know i would say that <laughs> or i remember one time i was doing like a musical theater bit and they didn't like that so i stopped that but uh, there was one site i would sometimes do hello my lady hello my darling hello my ragtime yeah <laughs> but i also like tying in the other plays because i think greg you said you did that you said you did hamlet for one of them it was the very final performance and i, I wanted to just do like people's dying scenes die like last words i think i did mm -hmm. romeo Yep. I think I did Thus with a Kiss I Die. Oh, yeah. I, um, I think I said the rest is silence. And like some of them were in, on a very nerdy level, like parts that I'd played on that stage before. Oh. Um, so it wasn't necessarily other lines in shows that were going on in that same season. I, I, I didn't think that far ahead. I love, I just, I love, I love this play. I love hearing you guys talk about this play. I love remembering the perfect productions that have happened in my life and also the terrible ones, which is really just the one. Julie Taymor fucked it all the way up. That was a bad production. Julie Are you Taymor. talking about the, the movie with Michelle Pfeiffer? No, that's not Julie Taymor. Oh. That's someone else. And that movie is beautiful. I do it's, love she that She did movie. it in like 2013, 2014, maybe in... Um, uh, New York in like a black box situation and it was dour. That's the oh. only way to describe it. There was nothing joyful about that play. So I take it back. Nothing. It is very possible to extremely fuck this play up. It is, yeah. but I think it's, yeah. I think you have to work harder to fuck yeah. it up. You, I think that's what I was trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, you, do, I mean, you really do. To fuck up. Yeah, you have to try really, really yeah. hard. By the way, yeah. that movie version, the, like the story that they gave Nick Bottom I thought it was like yeah. lovely and heartbreaking. Yeah. yeah. And Kevin Klein played Kevin bottom. Klein. Yeah. Oh, and he's so wonderful. We've Klein. been talking for so long and it's been so great. Um, I'm not even sure we have time for a game now. Uh, no, I think play. we should play a game. Oh, okay. Yeah, let's play a game. Yay. All right. So, and if you hear the <laughs> dice rattling, here's what's going to happen. Oh, yes, this game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's this Have game. You played line roulette. Okay, we love this game. I've heard love you both play line roulette. <laughs> it's a good game. <laughs> it's, a fun, it's a fun and stupid game. Uh, okay, so here's how it works. Jess is going to give you a line. She's gonna she's gonna roll the dice. We're gonna figure out what act, scene, and line number from there. You are going to then have 60 seconds and 60 seconds only, and we will cut you off to explain why that particular line, whatever the hell it ends up being, is the thesis of the whole play. Okay, so okay. who would like to go first? Right. Well, I feel like... <laughs> I was about to say, I've been talking a lot. Maybe Topher should go first. I've been talking way more than you but have. I will, I will, I'll, I'll, I'll jump into the pit first, since I'm, right. I'm relatively familiar with, the, with how the okay. game goes. All right. I can't guarantee I'll be good at it, but let's go. Here we go. None of us can. All right, so Greg, we're mm -hmm. in Act 1. Great. So we're going to go with 2, Act 1, Scene 2. Okay. Scene 2. Oh, scene with bottom in it. Which I think is the, yep, uh-huh. Line 42. Okay. All right. All right. It's a good one. Read What's it for line? us, Greg. The line. the line is, and I may hide my face, let me play Fisbee 2. Aubrey, okay. you got a timer? Okay. Uh, All right. Yep. Okay. Are you ready, Greg? I'm so ready. Okay. So your time starts now. All right, the line is, and I may hide my face, let me play Fisbee 2, spoken by Nick Bottom. And I think this is not only encapsulates the world of Midsummer, but the world of theater at large as well, because we're all hiding who we really are and portraying someone else, playing someone else. Um, but the world of Midsummer has a lot, of, lot to do with disguising or at least hiding emotions. Um, and oftentimes it's about seeing through the mask, ma making sure that you're, you're, you're so um, 
intimate with someone that you share who you really are with them, which is the most terrifying thing in the world because that, of course, makes you vulnerable and open to rejection. But that's what the magic flower just bypasses all of. There is no rejection. There is no vulnerability. You just love with all your heart. Your mask drops and you are with the person that you're supposed to be with. You 100% believe that. Um, so hiding your face and playing another person uh, just kind of goes away. And I think that's the magic of not only uh, what, what you know, uh, uh, Puck and Oberon and the, the, the world of the fairies is going for, but the magic uh, that, that the play suggests as well. That's right. what we walk out with as an Time's audience. Time's up. <laughs> Yay. It was so like full of heart. I love Aww. it. Can you tell it this man also... just got married? Oh. Yeah, he Aww. just got married. That's not cool. That's not fair. <laughs> he's called it heart because he's in love. <laughs> That's bullshit. <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> Oh, are you living your happily ever after, Greg? Is that what you're doing? <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations, doll. I saw that online. Yeah. yeah. That is uh that is what what I like what I've have heard referred to as ex recto glorium. Which is just, uh, uh, what about erectum? You heard it. Um the the, the motto of, just, of bullshit. Bottom? Yes, ex recto uh, glorium, like what you pull out is glorious. Oh yeah, you know what's what's best thing about a joke is when you explain it. Oh wait, um, so Greg, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I have heard Go on. in fact that yes. explaining jokes mm -hmm. makes it funnier. Mm -hmm. so it's true. It's I true. think what you're saying is that mm -hmm. when you explain a joke that is being explained, then mm -hmm. it's like extra extra funny. You two are the most hilarious because you're so great <laughs> at explaining. I really Moving don't on. Think <laughs> All right, Tori, are you ready? Topher, you ready, baby? Are you ready? No. <laughs> <laughs> Good. All right, we're going to have the listeners vote on, after this, we're going to have them, you know, we're going to have, once the episode drops, we're going to have them vote on, like, which one of you wins oh, the thesis of the play. We're not going to okay, pit I, our listeners no. against you no. two. No, here's the thing. It's not about it, competition. Well, it can be. Oh, oh okay. All right. <laughs> here's the thing. If they do choose Greg, I'll just simply say you're all racist. Well, <laughs> shit. <laughs> oh, no. <Yeah>. So, <laughs> I mean, I don't. <laughs> you know who you are. Uh, yeah. mm -hmm. Explain this to me just it. one more time. You, you choose an act and then you choose a line. And then I, yeah. I choose, I read the line and I say why this encompasses the entire play. The whole play. Yeah. Okay, cool. Okay. Um, how do we so find that? I have dice. rolled the dice. Okay. Yeah. So we're in we're in act three. Okay. Okay. Uh looks like we're gonna go for scene two. So act three, scene two. Uh we're gonna go, oh, line 42 again. Weird. Stand close. This is the same theme. <laughs> That's some bullshit. That's absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. Um, what is it? Stand close. This is the same Athenian. Mm -hmm. I'm really not. I'm okay. All right. Believe in you, baby. We believe in you. You have one minute starting now. Okay, folks. So stand close. This is the same Athenian as spoken by Oberon in Act 3, Scene 2. Um, why this encompasses the entire play is because togetherness is a really, really, really interesting. I don't want to do this, Aubrey. I don't want to do this. I hate this. I hate this game. Greg wins. I feel embarrassed. I feel embarrassed. I thought you were off to a great start. You're perfect. Um, Aubrey, what do you say we skip to the where do they where where can they find you I'm about and it get these boys out of here and then you we bet. can yeah. do the other stuff that we need to do you okay bet. so uh if our listeners have immediately fallen in love with you which i'm sure they have um where can they find you what projects are coming up for you uh do you have a digital media presence you would like to promote etc websites twitter handles stuff you're gonna be in where they can go and see you you can find me on instagram at gregory john phelps um, that's J-O-N, no H. I am a part of Hedgepig Ensemble Theater. I'm an ensemble member up in Brooklyn, New York. Um, check out the Expand the Canon project. Um, it's giving voices to underrepresented and underserved playwrights throughout the centuries, redefining the classics, essentially. Um, nothing against Shakespeare, against Shaw, 
uh, but there's more room at the table for more people and more voices and more stories. And uh, go expandthecanon.com, uh, check that out. And as of right now, that's that's what I got kicking. Well, folks, uh, I will be headed to Broadway in August. Uh, I'm completely lying. That's not true. Oh, uh, shit. <laughs> I am manifesting. I almost was off Broadway for a project, but uh, it fell through. And I think it's because I'm not local because I refuse to move up to New York. Unless, I mean, here's, I'm yeah. such a country boy. I really am. But, you know, I have friends that live up there. And now I've got Greg and Sarah. I've and got we a have a, a, a dog that is going to love you when you come to oh, visit. I have a dog, too. That is very comfy. So seriously, whenever. Oh, thank you, honey. But yeah, no, in all seriousness, my uh, my next little travel adventure is, like I said, I'm going to be heading out to uh, Colorado this Friday uh, with Constance Swain. We're doing The Liar, Animal Farm, and she's doing Stick Fly, and then I'm only doing Animal Farm. But anyways, I'll be doing that for about six months at our Vada Center, and then after that, who knows? You can follow me at October, if you can understand that nasally voice, A-W-K-T-O-P-H-E-R. He's a and delight firm. They're both good are follows. Delightful Instagram follows. Yeah, you can see my very vain pinupy photos that I get uh, drawn of me. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> that looked nothing like me at all. <laughs> I think oh they're pretty Lord. great. You're perfect. Yeah. It wasn't my real ass. It was the one I imagined. So. Makes all the difference. It does. Yeah. And, and we've brought Thanks it all so the way for joining us, y'all. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> been a real just a, a such a lovely lovely time talking yeah. to you guys tonight what a treat thank you thank you Not for much. spending some time with us bye. bye well that was a hoot I love it so thank much. you for joining us of course yeah. thank you it was an honor thank you for having me <laughs> okay uh yeah. let's gossip baby yeah let's that's your cue <laughs> yes thank you uh okay so uh, <laughs> I'm still just like reeling from from the boys. Okay. A bunch of regional theaters have dropped their season announcements lately. I'm using the word lately really loosely. I mean, within like the last <laughs> two months when we've been doing other things and not posting gossip. So like here, this is my attempt of catching up basically. Okay. So here are some uh, anticipated early modern and a couple of early modern adjacent titles um, from some stateside theaters, maybe next time we'll get our friends across the pond and some other like international theaters that are doing interesting, cool stuff. But right now we're focusing on the U S so the first one is, yeah. The first one is the old globe in San Diego, South Dakota, San Diego, South Dakota, not from California. You put SD. I was like, sorry, you're right. I realize now that that is also Um, an abbreviation for a state that I forgot about because everyone knows about South Dakota. Uh, Don't tell that Merlin. (laughs) Um, Anyway, so the Old Globe is doing uh, Team of the Shrew and Midsummer. Midsummer. They clearly need to make money because that's what you do is do Midsummer. You need to make bank. OSF is doing an interesting lineup of Shakespeare's um, amongst their other like 10-ish titles. Uh, they are doing The Tempest, King John, and a thing called The Cymbeline Project, which is part of their digital stage from here on out. Um, conceived, this one in the credits, it said conceived by Nataki Garrett, which is their new artistic director. So like, I don't know exactly what that's going to be. I'm sure it's some kind of adaptation of Cymbeline. Should be interesting. It's going to be totally digital. It's going to be cool. Also, that's like a weird grouping of plays. It Tempest, is King John and Cymbeline. It is. Right? I can dig That's it. A I love weird King trio. Of, John. Yeah, yeah. So our friends at Colorado Shakes are going to do two gents: All's Well, Coriolanus, and Ben Johnson's The Alchemist, which is fucking timely because it's about yeah. the plague. And they're doing two of my top five favorite plays i guess i need to make a trip to colorado i don't, I don't know. you're just you're gonna have to i guess i will um utah shakes also jumping on the all's well train and the tempest train and in addition to that uh king lear shakespeare theater company in dc is doing much ado and also merchant of venice and to that i say why not why stop don't you do doing much merchant of great, venice but like yeah much ado love but merchant Stop it. We don't need it. This is the same theater company that did Time in Athens a couple of years ago. So, like, maybe they just have a boner for doing really unpopular Shakespeare plays. So, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. I also just said Shakespeare Theater Company has a boner. So, 
A plus. I mean, A plus journalism right here <laughs> from, from the non journalist. <laughs> Okay. Sure. sure. Uh, and last but not least, the Stratford Festival, which is technically Canada and not U.S., even though I said everything here is stateside. Whatever, it's North America. Um, oh they're they're, they're right doing yeah, they're doing Hamlet again with All's Well, Richard the Third, and a, a, a an adaptation or it's a new play called Hamlet Nine One One. So obviously, it's Hamlet adjacent. In what way? I don't know because it's a brand new play. It's going to premiere there. Yeah, I know. I'm intrigued. Also, and like, like, what the hell is with all the Allswells? I don't know, man. It's having a moment, and I want to really know is. why. And apparently, ASC was like a year ahead of all that because we just did that. But like, right. yeah, well, everybody's everybody's. I don't know, feeling weird about consent these days, and they want to yeah. express it in 2022. I don't. I don't know. If um, you're at one of these theaters that's doing Allswell, we want to hear from you. And yeah, tell please us tell us why. Why? <laughs> I mean, I'm why? not complaining. I personally am not am. complaining because it's my favorite play. <laughs> but like, why? Yeah. What about this moment? Right. Says all's well to you. What else? A little, little bit of personal news. Mm. Uh, my my latest publication is out in the world. Um, it's part of my dissertation, actually. Uh, a, a little bit of my chapter on Shakespeare in slash as India. Um, appears in uh, a, a new collection out from Rutledge. It's Shakespeare and Civil Unrest in Britain and the United States, edited by Mark Bayer and Joe Nowitzki. Um, I guess maybe we'll throw a link up to that. You yeah. probably don't need it. It's like a $140 book. So like, don't buy it, but just like maybe ask your library for it. Or if you are you anywhere know. with ILL, uh, you can request my specific chapter if that's a thing you want to read. It's a banging lineup of people. I am in real good company. Um, it's also the first time I've ever had a byline that included a bio that was like, Jess Hamlet is an assistant professor of English, which yay made me real happy. Yeah. It's kind of fun I and special. got my um, contributor copy over the weekend. So mm-hmm. I guess it's been out for a minute, but you know, right on. I just got the book. So, and then also we made a change to the website, uh, to our website, to the Hurley Burley website. We changed uh-huh. it. We did. Uh, just a little thing after, after some, some time of me saying, Hey, you know, we should make this change. Cause yeah, we got a lot of shit. Um, yeah. so We're we like, finally hey, did it. Uh, we should make this more navigable maybe. Yeah. <laughs> So now that we've more than a hundred episodes, we want to yeah. make it easy for y'all to find what you're looking yeah. for. Yeah. So uh, when you go to an episode um, on our website, uh, you know, in the drop down menu that says podcast episodes, uh, at the very, very bottom, you scroll to the bottom, there's a new little drop down menu that says full episode catalog. And you can search it by playwright last name or by level, so 101, 201, 301, et cetera. Um, You can search by genre, or basically uh, a shortcut to that really is uh, under any episode, you can, there there are tags under there now, because I'm finally learning how, um, you know, tags and like (laughs) SEO and shit work. Awesome. Whatever, we are self-taught. This is a part-time like fun thing for us people. This is not my job. No, so (laughs) I mean well anyway. Uh yeah. So you can actually click on the tags and everything that has this that same tag will like pop up after that. So like there's a couple of different ways to find more quickly um an episode that you're looking for. So if you are one of those people who stumbled into this episode and have no idea what a Midsummer Night's Dream is or need a refresher (laughs) on the plot line somehow person yeah. who's lived buried in a glacier i don't i don't know then you can click on 101s and you can search all of our 101s or you can click on shakespeare and search all the shakespeare titles we've ever done uh so it's it's uh, an easier way to find all the things in our catalog we're excited about it yeah we have one correction this week um <gasps> that's barely a correction so i was driving over thanksgiving because i drove to Stanton. I'd stand. I was, I had, Aubrey and I had Thanksgiving together. In we did. Stanton. It was with beautiful. Greg Phelps. With, uh, with Greg. Yeah. <laughs> with Greg. Yeah. Uh, with Greg and Sarah, his, his and lovely Sarah. wife, Sarah, and um, uh, our, our good friend of the pod, Molly Sremet, and her husband, Brad. It was a hurly burly Thanksgiving. Uh, all of us together. It was lovely. It was really um, nice. Anyway, so I was driving down to Stanton listening to uh, our podcast because that's not nerdy. <laughs> 
Um, and I caught the fact that I had misspoken in our Comedy of Errors 201 mm-hmm. episode. And no one will remember it except for me. But we were we were talking about the movement of um, adapting and rewriting Shakespeare plays in like the 18th-ish century. And I said, yeah, what's the Winner's Tale one that we read on the podcast? It's called Dorasta Symphonia. And you just kind of like looked at me and were like, uh-huh. And that, <laughs> but neither of us caught. I wasn't ringing any Those bells. character names but, yeah. are not in Shakespeare. Um, Dorastus and Fania are the names of those characters in the source text, which is Robert Greene's Pandosto. The playlet that we read is called Florizel and Perdita, because those are the names of the characters characters in The Winter's Tale. In the play. Again, like barely a correction, but it jumped out to me and I went, oh, that's wrong. (laughs) Let me say that that was wrong. Deep cut. So someone on like that level of nerdery probably noticed, but nobody else nobody else noticed. nobody said they noticed it was but you know so. when we make mistakes it is our it is our job to correct it mm-hmm. even when they are minor uh thank you folks so much for listening we hope you leave this podcast more informed than when you started and yeah tune in next time we're we're doing hamlet 202 ooh, we're gonna do another 202 episode yeah. ooh, ooh, ooh. we're excited about the content or at least i'm excited about the content for this one i may be twisted aubrey's arm a little bit but it's gonna be fun <laughs> it it's is gonna, gonna be, be so much fun it's gonna be great yeah see you next time yeah. Alrighty, righty out the Hurley Burley shakespeare show is produced and edited by aubrey whitlock and jess hamlet if you enjoyed our podcast Please tell your friends, rate us, leave a review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you get your podcasts. For show notes and other stuff, you can visit our website at www.hurlyburlyshakespeareshow.com. You can get in touch with us by emailing holla, H-O-L-L-A, at hurlyburlyshakespeareshow.com. You can also find us at hurlyburlyshakes on Instagram. Or at hurlyburlyshake, no S, on Twitter. The land on which I live and work, colonially known as Stanton, Virginia, is the unceded territory of the Monacan Confederation of Nations, and I pay my respects to their elders past and present. The traditional custodians of the land on which I live are the Lenape Nation, and I pay my respects to their elders past and present. Learn about where you live at native-land.ca. Get involved at ndncollective.org and find out more about the Land Back campaign at landback.org. All opinions you heard are strictly our own and not affiliated with the institutions we represent. Well, that's so cool. It's so funny. Like I said, again, never have met Greg. I've seen his photos. Always thought, oh, look at this attractive, like, Baldwin brother I see. I always thought you should be one... Yeah, biodome <laughs> with Polly Shore and one of the Baldwin. It was brothers. Stephen Baldwin, wasn't it? Yes, yes. Great, good. Anyways, I always thought you looked like Stephen Baldwin, and I love Stephen Baldwin. Uh, well, uh, well uh, not now so much. <laughs> <laughs>